0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. So Bales, let's have a quick chat because I cannot believe we are launching our first collab together. Yeah, we are. With North and Third as well. Let's talk about the collab for a minute because back early pandemic days, I I was, I mean, I think having some rough days there and so were you and you ended up putting together this jar of daily notes and those helped me through the days. And And it felt so silly that it helped me so much, but every day I would just open it up and I just felt that. I felt like it was, it's hard for me to meditate. It's hard for me to journal, but to pull a note out of the jar and just give myself that little dose of love and knowing it came from you, it meant everything to me. I mean, I just love my friends. And I think everybody who's got special people in their lives wants them to feel loved. And so for me, it was just trying to find little daily ways to do that from a distance. Um, whether my friends were 20 minute drive away or a five hour plane ride away, it made honestly such a difference. So now we are collaborating together with North and third on a friendship jar full of notes, naughty or nice. And when we say friendship, you can friend yourself. Your mom, your sister, your coworker, whoever you feel could just use some daily love in this weird weird world we're living in. Now, it's going to be launching this week. So exciting. I know. The friendship jar will be available January 6th at www.northandthird.com. Come find us on the gram for more details at the Birds Papaya and at Bailey JST. To see the matte black, white, and rose gold jars and find one for the person that you want to give little daily love reminders to. Even if that person is you, because you also deserve daily love. Heck yes. Okay. Go check it out. Northandthird.com. and <laughs> third.com. cannot believe we are into a new year. This episode we actually recorded near the end of last year, and I'm so excited to come back to it and get to listen to it again. Today, we have on 90210, Sinead Grime-Beach and Annalyn McCord. Now, you might recognize them, but maybe it's a good time to get caught up. If you haven't been following along, Sinead just welcomed her second child. And Annalyn has been doing so much in her own healing and also had a pretty viral moment when she was a guest on Call Her Daddy, something she didn't expect and maybe wasn't prepared for what would come from that, which was a lot of people connecting to her story and understanding exactly what she was talking about. About. Both of them have such different lives, and their stories intersect in such different ways. And oftentimes when we talk about friendships and relationships, we talk about the commonalities of them. What do you guys have in common? We say this in a lot of relationships. And I would say for Shania and Annalyn, they have not a lot in common and then a lot in common. But those differences, and you'll notice this in the conversation, how much Annalyn is able to pour into conversations about our postpartum or giving birth. And we're able to lend support to her back for everything that she has gone through. It's incredible what differences can do in lending itself to each other during different times of life. And that's why I love their relationship so much. They have a podcast called Unzipped. Yes, because of 90210, the most famous zip code in the world. And in today's episode, I just want to also disclose that we are talking about sexual trauma and we'll be also discussing maternal mental health, including maternal suicide. So please take caution to that if you need to going into today's chat. Please enjoy the show. I hope everyone is having an amazing January. And if not, that you're taking care of yourself too. Let's get into today's show. I almost said, welcome back to you. We've done this before. We had a little bit of a roundtable discussion on your podcast, and now we're doing it on mine. And life has completely changed since the last time we came about for everyone. Because since we podcasted, Annalyn, I saw you like not just your story just went. Huge. I saw you were on Caller Daddy. That just was like you were on everybody's Instagram within a week. You were top of the headlines. And I was like, oh my gosh, I literally was just in conversation with you that previous week. And so much went on in the next couple of weeks. Sinead, you had a freaking human being. You have <laughs> so like so much going on. How are you both? What's been going on in your world since I guess the summer when we chatted?
2: We're good. I think we're generally good, and and we are very happy to admit when we're not. But you happen to catch us on a good day.
1: You caught us on a very good day. Sinead's going ninety miles a minute, which she loves. I just did a lovely meditation, and I am floating through the stratosphere. So all <laughs> the world. No, but a lot has happened. It's interesting because we we're actually going to do a special edition episode, call Our daddy follow up because. We had, just, we had just talked with you. That happened, and then I received so much outreach. So many people, you know, have have versions of what I've been diagnosed with, have dealt with what, things that I've survived traumatically or whatever. And I don't say or whatever to make light of it. I just said it's been a long time talking about this for my life. So I'm at a place where I'm very, you know, grateful that it's a girl I used to know. But I do know that during this the holiday season, during, you know, the new year, new year resolutions and all that, these are the times when certain things love to cycle back around, especially when you've been through a lot in your life. So we're going to do a dedicated episode. Nay is letting me do a little solo, and I'm just going to kind of talk to those lovely human beings, especially the ones who have reached out, but those, especially the ones actually who haven't, who might need to hear it even more just some supportive things that you can do to mm-hmm. deal with any of those stressors or anxieties or ADD things that we were talking about before we started yeah. on the podcast episode today. Like there, there are certain tools that actually can make life a little bit easier, especially mm-hmm. if you're dealing with family and humans that <laughs> activate your threat system in your body. <laughs> so I, that, that's been just a beautiful aspect of, you know, this little, wonderful little thing Nay and I are doing together having our podcast on up.
0: Now yeah and before we get into I love your podcast I love your intersections I love your friendship is just one of my favorite things and I'll get into that for a moment in a moment but to give anybody who didn't listen to that podcast or didn't really know your story because I don't even think that I was aware of that part of your story and then I remember when I saw that clip it and I was like what I was just so in Awe of this suddenly becoming such a headline. I can imagine for you, even people who follow you and knew you, maybe we're missing that part of the story. You speak of it as anybody who needs to should maybe go and listen to that episode, but ultimately you've been sharing your story for a long time. You've been talking about it, you've been open about it, but that kind of set you into an entirely new platform and audience. Has it been beyond the people who have been kind of like negative towards it or maybe those diagnosed, but can you give a little bit of context about what happened on that podcast and how that was for you, it suddenly being in the news and headlines? Since we're there, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I (laughs) this is me. I mean, I'm literally so out of touch with reality because all I do is meditate and fly through the stars. Um, so I was like, I'm doing some kind of call yourself a daddy or call yeah. herself or call her a daddy. She never versus, heard of it. You're I was kidding. like, you're <laughs> call, call her daddy?
2: Like, that's a big deal. She was like, is it? I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and like, oh. some, there were some trolls who were trying to tell me, how dare you do this? Like, this girl is salacious. And I was like, oh, then I, she's even more Like, my all the <laughs> But I, I honestly just, they reached out to my team and, it was like that kind of thing. And I was just like, you know, I'm in a yes zone. <laughs> when you meditate a lot, you just really like, say yes to the universe. And I think that I kept calling it, call your daddy. And I was like, that would be awkward just saying, I don't really like my dad that much. I was really like, I didn't know, you know, exactly what I was walking into. And I think that's what was so amazing about it. Because mm. when I was there, she later She was like, you know, this is going to impact millions of lives. And I was like, yeah, girl, like about that shit. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> Have millions of people listening Oh my god! Um, I just thought this yeah. was cool as fuck. <laughs> you know, like talking it into existence.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I oh.
1: just, I mean, I oh, wow. I speak candidly because it's who I am, and I speak candidly about things that no one wants to talk about. And then I'm really private about weird stuff that no one would care that other people know. So I'm very strange <laughs> in that regard. But when i was on call her daddy i i think alex does such a good job as as an interviewer and yeah. as a host of setting a space where she so puts you in this just bubble of like you're safe to talk about anything here anything at all and we were just really shooting the shit which was the best kind of podcast interview and some of the things that i said became incredibly resonant with people and what came from it was thousands, not hundreds, like thousands of people reaching out to her and to me, sharing their stories. I've been trying to, I've screenshotted everyone I could trying to get through the DMs before they disappear on me so that I can respond to everyone over the course of <laughs> probably the next year, everybody, but I will respond. But out of all that, and on known me for a long time, and I've been doing this work for a very long time, but I have never had this type of response to something that 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 I've had with call her daddy and the one thing that's made my heart really happy is one of the most common responses from people who reached out was I'm I stopped the episode of your podcast interview with call her daddy and I called my therapist and I'm starting therapy again or I called a therapist for the first time and I'm going into treatment things that you said made me think that maybe there's something more going on that I didn't realize and I don't know. you know I was just being candid and being honest, and some of the things that were said back to me that I said, one in particular, and and I think this is actually really important, and I'll say it here for that purpose. But I said, I used to wear my high level of tolerance pain tolerance as a badge of honor. I'm paraphrasing myself because I don't remember exactly what I said it. but i I said, you don't win awards for having a high tolerance of pain. If you are in pain, that is your body telling you there is something wrong here and if you think that being in pain is okay or you think it's something to be proud of you should ask yourself why and and that was the thing that was quoted back to me the most from other survivors that that they too dealt with high tolerance of pain and they were kind of like it makes me a badass and you do you feel that way you're like yeah you can't hurt me like but it's like why did your body get to that point where it had to become intolerant to the thing that signals that things aren't going very well for you right now so yeah it was an incredible platform I'm remarkably grateful to to call her daddy and her wild, amazing, incredible platform and wild, amazing, incredible self, but mostly to the beautiful people who reached out and shared their stories with me and made reflected back to me that I matter in this world, that my story matters, that when I share it, it matters. So I think that's what we try to do on unzipped with with people that we have come on and, and definitely with our listeners. So yeah, so
0: that's what's been happening in my neck of the woods. No kidding. And you know what I just have to say in terms of like people who love or hate call her daddy, it is often like it is a very sexualized conversations. They really drive that home to bring a story of sexual trauma into that and allow that space I think for a lot of people was huge, right? Because it is a very difficult thing to be talking about sex in a very sexy way, a very fun, loving way, if that maybe hasn't been your history or that's maybe a goal you want to get to. So I just found it so incredible to see that happen, to see that intersection happen. And I have to say with Unzipped and your podcast and the two of you, your friendship and everything you're doing, this is what I think is so fucking fantastic is that you two have entirely different types of lives. Now you may be met at the same place, same time. Let's be real nine or two and oh, that's why it's called unzipped. It kind of like that zip code, if anybody didn't catch that, but Shanae, you are like going through postpartum. You are now freshly into a second child. You talk about pain and, you know, pain in response to pain that Anna Lynn said. Like if something is painful, that means something's wrong. And you just stepped out of something where you had to go through pain to get something right. And that is like- Uh, talk about my thing. So should tell me what is going on for you? Be real with me. I've been loving watching you show up. And I mean, I think I'm just like so connected with postpartum women right now, but talk to me a little bit about your recent times. And then let's talk about the intersection of your friendship and why friendships like this are so valuable. So give it to us. How are things going?
2: things are going like shockingly well. And I always feel like I need to preface with that because I was totally bracing myself to kind of be in this postpartum hell again, because that was my experience the first time. I, you know, the first time with my daughter, I labored for 18 hours. I ended up having a sort of emergency C-section. That was what was going to have to be the case. The C-section had complications. There was a moment there where I thought that was it. My baby was safe and healthy. I did my job and yeah, it was time for me to peace out. So it was like a lot of trauma associated with that. And then my daughter had colic. And so for the first, you know, six weeks of her life, six, seven weeks of her life, which felt like a fucking year, like in mine, she was screaming, just screaming, like blood curdling, screaming constantly all day, never slept. And the emotional toll that the traumatic birth and then dealing with that had on my mental health was brutal, brutal. Like I, well, I used to see other moms who like would be out with their babies months later. You know, my daughter was like six months, a year or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how old are they? And they're like, oh, you know, like three weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, you left the fucking house. Like I did not leave the house for three to four months. I was in a bathrobe, depressed, unwashed. And just trying to survive, and I couldn't fathom leaving my four walls. And then this time, that's what I was really preparing myself for. And I talked to Annalyn, you know, I had really severe fear going into mm-hmm, my second mm-hmm. birth because I, I I wrote a letter to my daughter the day that I went to the hospital, basically so that she would have something in case I didn't come home from oh the hospital my gosh. and I left it on my desk. Like I'm getting all teary now. Sorry. I didn't mean to get emotional. I never do ever. the one who does this. I don't do this. Um, but you know, I didn't even realize like how scared I was or how traumatic the first time was until I was gearing up for my second birth. And then when I went, I was shaking like a fucking leaf. I mean, shaking. So much so, all the doctors, they were piling blankets on me, I was like, "I'm not cold. I'm scared. I'm not cold. I'm scared. like you you're not gonna make it stop." and and when they pulled him out and he cried, and I saw him, and he was fine, and I was fine. It was like all of that, all of that shit I had been carrying for three years, I felt it float off of my body, and I just it was insane. And since then, you know it's it's been incredible, and i I feel guilty saying that because if you're the mom who was where I was three years ago, you're like, "Fuck you, you know hundred no,
0: percent understand what you're saying because i it's been eleven years since I've given birth, and I remember all of a sudden in pregnancy and with my prenatal depression and like working through that. I started talking to a therapist and had no idea that I had so much birth trauma living in my body that there was so much, like, I just thought it was normal to be that afraid of birth. And that I was like, no, like I was bawling my eyes out in the shower being like, this baby has to somehow get out of my body and I'm not okay with the answers as to, as to how that's going to happen. And we had like four different birth plans so that I could feel somewhat like they, I had choice in the matter, but ultimately like it was, you know, my best friend, I ended up having like this beautiful, like Home birth, almost I know, like, bro. I follow I, you. It looked fucking, incredible. It, looked
2: it like was the thing, of something it was doing, the thing
0: that know? I wanted to hate everybody for in the past. Like I, yes. I was like, couldn't even stand up straight for a year after my first was born. Like truly so much healing had to go on. So I was a bit like what happened about two and a half weeks after me is my best friend gave birth to twins. And yes, they were healthy and everything ended up being okay. Eventually she had birth trauma. And then it was like that, oh my gosh, you're in real time doing what I had to do 15 years ago. And I just had this like beautiful magical experience but we both share birth trauma and like there's a there has to be a way that we can find supportive you know stories for each other without it being because people will say this when I shared about my friend having her birth trauma someone was like she just better be grateful like she should <gasps> just be grateful and I was like that's is not how you work problem. with trauma this is this not is how you deal problem. with it But yes. wait wait Actually, back post- up back up I'm trying to follow fully yeah be thankful, be thankful
2: because but this you is you have it, a baby right? you're healthy exactly. you could get
0: there in the first place Be And this is
2: why women don't talk about this right mm, when yeah. i talked about the birth the traumatic birth experience that i had 3 years ago back then do you know how many i like different but identical stories i would hear from other women who were completely emotionally scarred from the way that their children came into the world And they thought that they were the only one, like, because nobody talks about it. Everybody sees the movies and how it happens. And then everyone just silently suffers with the traumatic birth that went nothing like the movies. And everyone's looking at you and going, how are you? You look good. Oh my God, what a miracle. And it's baby, baby, baby. There is like, you push the baby. And I, I love you for constantly bringing attention to celebrating bodies, the same bodies, that carried the human being that is so glorified when they're still inside of us, and then just shit all over once the baby's out in the world. It's the same thing with the emotional well being. It's like so many people, so many women are just disregarded as soon as the happy, healthy baby is here. And you feel guilt. Like I felt guilt when I was dealing with that with my daughter. I would feel guilty to draw attention to myself or to so I didn't say anything. I didn't I didn't ask for help. I didn't tell people that I was actually fucking miserable because I had this beautiful healthy little baby and of course I should be so grateful and it was wonderful and all of those things but me dealing with trauma doesn't mean that any of that is untrue. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for my healthy beautiful daughter and I'm not grateful that she's here and I couldn't imagine my life without her, but I was also dealing with a whole boatload of trauma and depression that was making me question whether I made the right decision at all by having a child in that moment. You know what I mean? And it's like, I shouldn't be ashamed to say that.
0: And maternal mental health. Like I just had to pull up the stat because I know it's like huge, but this just blew me away. I actually have never read this before. (laughs) Apparently the highest suicide rate that happens in perinatal suicide is between nine and 12 months. It's not two weeks after when it's like all happening. It is like literally as you try and move forward through these things and just carrying this trauma, carrying postpartum mm-hmm. depression feeling like you can't talk about it, not getting help because you're supposed to just be quote unquote grateful as if you're fucking not like you can have trauma and still be grateful. Just like there's so you can have, you can have trauma with so many different things and still find joy. Like these things can intersect like they, and they have to, they have to intersect in order for us to be human.
1: There's also another aspect that, that perhaps is not even being thought about it a, at all and I can say this coming from someone who's never had a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me impart my wisdom. About I it would love that. Please. You just became a mother. Your number one role in this life now is to guide a human life. Do you want to lead by example, showing your child not to take care of herself or himself by not taking care of mommy's self? Or would you like to lead by example, energetically, even if that little one is little, that this is how we do the world. We take care of ourselves and then we can give to others. So mommy's not going to feel guilt because mommy is a human too. And if you're going to not do what I say, but do what I do, which is what children do, right? When you actually look at the, the data, if I'm taking care of mommy and I'm your human guide as mommy... I am showing you, guiding you to take care of you. As mom, would I want you to look out for everybody else while you're over there dying inside? Probably not because you're their mom. From my experience, it's, you say nine to
2: 12 months. I actually experienced like a whole nother bout of anxiety from 12 to 18 months. And I, that's when I started going to therapy again because I had prenatal depression. I thought I was going to have like postpartum real bad, but I just chalked it up to, colic and uh, you know, whatever. So I, I didn't even pursue therapy at that point, but at 12 to 18 months was when I really started to suffer with severe anxiety again. And I got back into therapy and she was like, this is actually a really common time that I see a lot of my patients come back because in that first year, you're you're right, Annalyn, you're fucking mom, right? Like that's it. You're mom. And for me, I was mom for the first time, which is my greatest purpose and all of that kind of stuff. And then once they've turned a year, there's a lot of of weight put on that year birthday, right? You've you've made it past a lot of challenges and you've kind of, you know, and, and obviously they're one, so it's not like they're super capable, independent human beings, but they do start to gain some independence and that freaked me the fuck out. Cause I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I've, I was pregnant lady and now I'm mom and now who am I again? And, and never mind again, cause I'm sure as fuck, not that person from almost two years ago. So like, who the hell am I? If I am not just this little beautiful beings mom. And I, I really, really struggled with that and finding my way and finding my footing again, because I had given up any, any effort or attention on, on me and who I was. I just went
0: for a checkup this last week and I said to the nurse, like doing my blood work, I was like, I was poked and prodded my entire nine months of pregnancy. And then I was kind of just left to my own Devices. And and she looked at me and she goes, well, yeah, hun, it's not about you anymore. You got to make it about you. And I was so like, oh my god. And you know what? There was a there was a bunch of stuff that came up on my test, and I was like, not not huge, like big deals, but enough that I was like, this is why I'm probably feeling like shit right now. Like I need to get my anemia in check. I need to like I have I'm like deficient in some stuff. But to Annalyn's point, Glennon Doyle has this incredible quote that I have like carried with me because this is a hundred percent who I was to versus like who I'm trying to be. And she says this, mothers have martyred themselves in their children's name since the beginning of time. We have lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. We have been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. What a terrible burden for children to bear, to know that they are the reason their mother stopped living. What a terrible burden for our daughters to bear, to know that if they choose to become mothers, this will be their fate too. Because if we show them that by being a martyr, It is the highest form of love. That is what they will become. They will feel obligated to love as well as their mothers loved after all. They will believe that they have permission to live only as fully as their mothers allowed themselves to live. If we keep passing down the legacy of martyrdom to our daughters, with whom does it end? Which woman ever gets to live? And when does the death sentence begin? At the wedding altar? In the delivery room? Whose delivery room? Our children's or our own? When we call martyrdom love, we teach our children that when love begins, life ends. This is why Jung suggested there is no greater burden on a child than an unlived life of a parent. And that was from Untamed. And I like, I know I I love that. And I remember I, I shared that. I shared that quote once on my Instagram and people were so like upset. They were upset that it was calling into action that mother's don't have to throw their entire lives to the wayside for their children. Like that there, you could have purpose and life and meaningful one beyond your children. And they were like, no, like this is yeah, my go only be a thing. Mom in Europe. <laughs> right. Like this is my only thing. This is, this is why I am who I am. And it's like, no, that's a part of you. Like, and you still have to be a whole person because this is why we see so many. I've talked to so many women who are around that age where they become empty nesters and are like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. And because there is a lot of like that forgetting, it's a lot of like tucking away your trauma. It's a lot of like, just get through it, just be grateful, just do everything for your child. That's how you prove how good of a mother you are. That's how you prove. And it, and it really, I understand that for some people, it came off really controversial to be like your whole life purpose as a mother is not just to be a mother. Like I can get where that would cause alarm bells for people. But ultimately, if you listen to the words and what they're saying, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense.
2: It astonishes me that someone could even see that as controversial. I'm so shocked that that's a response that you got and it breaks my heart. One thing feeds the other. Like I, I wrote this the other day, I was being interviewed for something and, and, you know, they asked me what motivates me when I'm like having, you know, get bad news or or something this way, or I'm feeling in those moments of defeat, we all fucking have them all the time. Right. (laughs) And, and something bad happens. And, and I said, my kids, but not, not my kids, you know, because, oh, my kids. And I just, yes, I would do anything for my kids, of course, but it's more of that fire in my belly to showcase to both of my kids, my daughter, and now my son, you know, the, the kind of person I want to help guide them to be, I have to lead by example. And it was, you know, I asked the, they said, one of the questions was about cultivating confidence and how do you do it? And I read the question out loud and my three-year-old was sitting beside me, you know, cause she's always, I'm always working. <laughs> so she just sits on my little stool beside me. And I like was reading the question out loud and she goes, sometimes, and she starts talking and she goes, so, you know, sometimes we go outside and if we're running and we're running fast and we fall down and it hurts. And I was like, okay. And what do we do after that? I was like, do you get back up or do you stay down? She goes, get back up. I was like, and do you keep running? And she was like, yes. And I was like, yes. And that's because in those moments of defeat or whatever, that was my answer. I was like, I get back up. I keep fucking running and I do it not just for my daughter to provide the life I want to, her to have and all the rest of it, but so that that's her answer that's coming out of her mouth at three years old.
0: Yes. She yes. knows that.
2: And she just started saying it out of the blue, you know, when I'm, I'm reading something out loud, it's like that. That's why. That's why.
0: I feel a whole lot of ways about New Year's resolutions. I understand so much that desire for a fresh start, that like craving for something new and good or even different. But statistics say that normally New Year's resolutions last about six days. And during New Year's, when we all feel like it's that perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, and it can feel sort of like we're getting stuck, especially when we look back on last year and the resolutions that we maybe didn't keep, let's not make mental health some sort of New Year's resolution or goal. Let's make it part of our daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you can connect with right from your phone or computer so you can get help exactly when you need it, whether you deal with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, or anything else. Like I said, Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist who can give you support whenever you need it because everyone needs help sometimes. And if you're struggling with mental health, connecting to a licensed therapist through Talkspace can help you start feeling better. I know for me, it's usually in the times that I feel like I'm absolutely okay and I don't need any support. That's the best time to start talking about things, to build those tools up, to get ready for what might come. And unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you can easily fit mental health care into your daily routine. You get access to a private virtual room, just you and your therapist. You can send message 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for a weekly appointment. And Talkspace encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code PAPAYA at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com when you use the promo code PAPAYA. Please take care of yourselves. Let's remove the resolution from our mental health and let's make it part of our everyday intentionality. That's something I'm doing so that I never feel like I'm failing at it because let's be real. When you're struggling with mental health, feeling like you're a failure is already something we're dealing with. So instead having real tangible things we can do every day, especially with tools like Talkspace, can really make a difference. Let's get back to today's show. And action. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Gretzky. And I'm Natalie Buck. And together, we are the Net Chicks. We're here to talk anything and everything on screen, including what your favorite celebs are up to. And if you want to know what shows we are absolutely loving and hating, well, thank
2: God because we will be unpacking for you every single Thursday. So grab your Netflix and some popcorn because the chicks are coming. And scene.
0: Now let's talk about unzipped for a moment. Let's talk about your friendship because I think a lot of times in life, we end up gravitating towards people who are living mm. a similar timeline as we are. Ones like, you know, moms have their mom friends and then they do this whole thing. And I've re a lot of my friends aren't there. A lot of like, I do have friends who've got kids and some of my best friends are the ones who don't. And the way our lives intersect is actually some of my favorite things ever, because we don't, we have very different schedules, but they, the way that our lives kind of weave together and the way that they weave for our children as well is like really cool. So tell me a little bit about your friendship. Obviously you started meeting on the show, but why did you ever get into doing this podcast and how are you nourishing and keeping this friendship alive with two different, completely different lives, but are still intersecting in important ways? Annalyn. <laughs> <Do you> well,
1: <laughs> no, I think it's a really, you know, I think it's a really good point. And I, I think one of the hallmarks of our dynamic is that we appreciate, and, and also our podcast and pretty much everything we do, we appreciate diversity, more variety is the spice of life. We appreciate the challenge that someone who has a different outlook brings versus just kind of the yes, yes of it all. And I think sometimes when you're in, a group of individuals who are too like-minded, you don't have room for growth. You don't have room for a new outlook. You don't have room to see another side of something. And there is an aspect of having our friendship and our dynamic being so different and and picking up on different things from the world and seeing different things and weighing them as important or not important in very different ways that allows us, I think, to broaden our awareness and our experience of the world. I'm speaking for Sinead, but I can because I know her so well. But I think, you know, for me, I I could easily get lost in the stars with all of my meditations and, you know, all of the things that I follow and what interests me. And Sinead has a very grounding energy with our podcast and our friendship. She's here on Earth. She's not flying through the stars. She is walking on Earth. And for someone who's a little flyer like me, I need my grounded friends to, to pull me back down and bring me here. And when Shanae was dealing with that fear about her traumatic initial birth and what was this little one who's making an appearance right now, <laughs> King is here. Oh, the King is my here. Gosh. But when he was, he was ready to come into the world and Shanae's fear was palpable I was like, well, I do have a Reiki guru shaman woman who could maybe help you alleviate some stress for your impending birth, and there, it's so not her world. It's so not her thing. She thinks it's completely wackadoodle, but she tried it, and she's still it. doing it. <laughs> so there, you know, I think in that regard, the the differences between us actually add so much to the value of our relationship.
2: But it's funny because you said grounding and I'm like, that was the word on the tip of my tongue when thinking about you and the energy you bring to me, me because I do move a mile a minute. Like my head is constantly spinning and I don't take time to just sit down and catch up and, and talk about how I'm feeling. Like I just don't do it. And, and Annalyn always provides that space for me to do that, which I'm just so, 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 so grateful for. Cause it's, a much needed reprieve from the never ending to do list that I'm constantly racing after.
0: Okay, these sounds right now are totally going <laughs> to make everybody like listening, twinge. including myself, oh my let down. So no, sorry. my tits are going to start going. <laughs> it's okay. Oh I God, just like, heard the sound and oh I was like, God. oh gosh. <laughs> no, no, no. Please feed the baby. But you both met while filming Nano 2 and right? Is that when you first met? And did you get along <laughs> in the beginning?
2: I mean, we did in the very, very beginning for a hot second, just for a hot second, and for a then hot yeah. second. We didn't
0: for most <laughs> of the
2: hit, time on that we show. We
1: hit it off. We we hit it off right away, and then we had some extenuating circumstances that we discussed in episode 1 of Unzipped where outside sources and outside rhetoric was going me 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 and when you're 18 20 you know and you're hearing noise from other people's mouths you aren't the experienced human who's like oh thank you for your opinion i'm going to go to the horse's mouth and you actually get the information from that yeah. individual you don't do that. Right. So we did not do that for five years (laughs) and we just heard the noise and bought into the storyline that, that ultimately calls this five-year long feud. And, And like I said, we discussed it in episode one of Unzipped, but it was very much a, he said, she said kind of situation.
0: So coming back together in your friendship now, what spurred you on to even start the podcast in the first place? Given the fact that you are very different, but have this like, the way that you both interview... Is one of my favorite dynamics. And I think it's so unseen on podcasts. Well, think about it. Normally, we see couples have conversations with couples, or we have two moms who come in, or they have an individual. You two are like two very different people. And then you converge on an interview or a subject. I've been there, I've been in that seat. The question and the line of questions are incredibly different Mm -hmm. for each individual because you are two individuals and you've joined on this podcast. So, what was like the initial, like, yes, this is what we should do. Was it somebody else's idea? Was it your idea? And you know, how has it been and how has it really I think changed it your just, friendship? We were
2: having a call at the beginning of the pandemic, having a call, we were just catching up on the phone and you know, Annalyn and her, like, uh, we were just catching each other up on what's been going on in our lives. And you know, she was on her way to being single and, and talking about her lovely cat, Chloe, who often makes an appearance on, on set. And, and, you know, all of these kind of practices that she had been putting into place over the last couple of years, healing from her trauma on that journey. And, and there mm-hmm. I am, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic being told that we can't see any of our family. So I have a small child who is now not going to get to know her family until God knows when. and, And no childcare, like just dealing with all of that, trying to make a buck, because I don't know about you, but as a content creator, like 2020 hit me so hard and it was terrifying. And and so I was dealing with all of that shit. Again, totally like opposite ends of the spectrum of like issues and interests. But we, I think it balances each other out in a really beautiful way. And I was like, you know, we bring such different perspectives to the table, but we're really passionate about people and storytelling. And we have a lot of love to give and a lot of space to offer. So, you know, maybe we should try this whole podcasting thing that everybody does, you know, like, let's see if other people would want to basically tune in to a phone call between us where we talk a lot of shit and we make each other laugh and we're sarcastic and self-deprecating and making fun of each other and ourselves and having, you know, really dynamic conversations with, with different individuals.
1: So that's kind of where we landed. And also, I think, and Sinead came up with, she coined the title Unzipped, because the nature of our shared conversations could get through all the comes to And we were really fine to dive into our opinions, the things in the world. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I value the most about this platform is being able to Talk about things that are a little uncomfortable, that make people a little on edge and everybody's a little on edge right now in this world. And so how do we, how do we alleviate that? Do we tiptoe around it and, and continue the affirmation that we should all walk on eggshells and be careful with every word we utter? Or should we challenge some of the things? Should We agree where it works and makes sense, and should we challenge the thought systems where they don't make sense and where they're a little bit ridiculous and sensitive and they need to calm the F down? Censoring because there's a small child here, everyone. Um, as if I don't say, so, fuck beside my children, <laughs> At all I, know, time. I know, as if I had a curse <laughs> in front of them too. But I think that's you know, that's been something that that has been for me personally, it's been really important that that we're. If we're adding something, hopefully it's value, (laughs) and in that value, hopefully there are challenges that maybe make you a little uncomfortable, and maybe that's awesome. Maybe that's amazing that you get a little uncomfortable when you hear something, and you have to challenge your own beliefs. And if you don't change them because you stand firmly on them, then woohoo, you are someone that I respect. But if you are that wishy-washy person who's so easy to convince with one conversation and you sway and the pendulum swings, there's a problem with those type of people and they are making up our world right now. There are so many people that are bandwagoning because they're afraid that they're going to get, you know, canceled. So they're just like, oh, I'll cancel someone else in order to not get myself canceled. And then it just makes this big cancellation of all beings. And it's like, okay, let's look at accountability. Let's have this conversation. Let's, let's look at shame and ask ourselves, is it really adding any value to our society and our culture and to the human experience of life to be shaming everybody for everything? So I I like that aspect of what uh, Unzipped has created as well.
0: I think podcasting in general also creates a bit of a non-responsive space. Like, yes, you could leave a review like that can happen, but ultimately you get to have a conversation. In a relatively bubble environment, if you have it on Instagram, you have people replying. If you do it on TikTok, you have people replying. If you're doing it in you know, written form, you have people replying. It just, it's really hard to find a space to have conversations and to, tr- to sort of kind of have challenging thoughts and stuff. And like you said, if you stand for, like, if you don't ever hear like combating realities or opinion, then you never really can come to find your own. Because at the end of the day, you have to know what else exists and what else is going on in the world in order to be able to understand your own perspective on everything. Right. And and that can get really, really confusing for a lot of people. And, and I'll be honest, even like on a platform like Instagram, you end up having a lot of like-minded people and that's a really beautiful thing to have. But I think it's also equally as important to follow people that you don't always agree with. I think it's sometimes important to follow people who live a life that is completely opposite of yours so that you understand why certain things might matter to certain people and be able to create an opinion based on the information that you don't have because you've never lived it. You've never walked it. You've never received it. Right? Like, so podcasting feels like this great space to kind of do that. Has it surprised you at all? Seeing as you kind of came into it, Last year, has it surprised you even in what you thought it maybe would be like versus how I think
2: I thought, and this is gonna sound like such an asshole thing to say. I thought it would be easier. Like I thought I Mm.
0: no, I love that you said (laughs) that because it does sound easy.
2: Turn on a mic and call it a day. And it's been Mm -hmm. such a massive learning curve, just from like the audio component, cause I'm used to video and photo. So audio is a whole different thing, but also like finding our groove as to like, what do, who are our listeners? If we fucking have any, and like, what do they want to hear from us? And playing with different format styles. Mm-hmm. Cause when we first started, we were doing a lot of the talking and then people would be like, you know, you need to leave more space for the guests. You know, I want to have the guests on for longer. And so we would do that. And then it was like, we need to hear more, you know, and so it's been a really challenging task to kind of onboard feedback to make decisions so that we are producing the best product that we can, because we've never done this before. So we're figuring it out as we go. And also knowing that like you can't please everybody. And some people will want it to be a completely guest driven show. And some people will want it to have no guests at all. And, and who knows? Right. So it's taken up a lot of like brain capacity because I'm so passionate about it. Cause we enjoy doing it so much. Like, For me, I love my favorite thing about it is that it keeps me in touch with my best friend on a far more regular basis than I know we would ever make the effort to if life was just happening because life happens. And she's a jet setter who travels around the globe constantly. And I have two kids that I'm chasing after all day long. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like, life happens. So when we can, you know, make a commitment and get to call it our job to get to just catch up with each other and talk it out, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And I, I want to make it the best that we can for everybody who tunes in.
0: Well, I love what you're both doing. I love that you're having really big conversations and the small ones too, and really showing how special friendships can be when they're even existing in entirely different levels of your grounding <laughs> or in the air, however you want to describe it. Where can everyone listen to your podcast, and where can everyone follow along on your? Well, I'm at Sinead well? Grimes
2: Beach, and Annalyn is the Annalyn McCord, and then we're all on Instagram at Unzipped Pod, and then I think you can listen to Unzipped wherever you probably listen to the Birds Papaya podcast because <laughs> you know we we don't know like when we first started shouting, it, we're like, and you can listen to Unzipped. You know the places where where the people a listen lot to the of podcasts wherever uh, I know I know I was like know? wherever
0: that happens I didn't even, happens. even listen to podcasts No I do too I <laughs> do no, now I love
2: listening to podcasts but it mm-hmm. it took starting one to actually get into them so yeah you know wherever you listen to podcasts
0: Thank you both so much This conversation went exactly as I wanted it to which was like <laughs> all over the place but still centering in the human experience right like it. I think that's such a beautiful thing. I think that's what friendship is about. I think that's what having conversations with different people is all about. And I just really love what the both of you are doing. And I wish you all the best as you do it. Until next time for all of us, I'm sure yes. we'll round table again. And for everyone listening, I'll have everything in the show notes for you as well. Tune in to their podcast. It is truly one of my personal favorites. Go check them out. Go hear their stories. And we will see you back next week. Yay!